Everybody loves cash back. So many ways to get cash back. Let me tell you about a great one. The Blue Cash Preferred Card from American Express. With 6% cash back at U.S. supermarkets on up to $6,000 in purchases. Think about that. You need food. You go to a supermarket all the time. Now you can get cash back. You get 6% cash back on chocolate chip cookies, double chocolate chip cookies. And of course, as I've mentioned before, the very elusive triple chocolate chip cookie. If you can find that, it does apply 6% cash back. Backed by the service and security of membership, start earning cash back at AmexBlueCash.com. And terms apply, all that stuff. Go check them out. But it's great, AmexBlueCash.com. So you're listening to Beautiful Anonymous and you think to yourself, wouldn't it be awesome if I could have my own Chris Gethard to talk about my life? I get a lot of feedback like that online. I see people saying stuff like that. Look, even though technologically we're more connected than ever before, human interaction is actually getting more and more impersonal. People just don't have friends they get on the phone with anymore. We're depriving ourselves of that gratifying connection. Now, this is where the Chirpy Network comes in. It's a service that lets you rent a conversation buddy, not social media, it's not texting. It's a real person to keep you company on the phone at your convenience. They say it's easier to talk to a stranger because you don't feel like you're being judged for who you really are. This podcast proves that this service ties right into that. Chirpy also takes privacy very seriously. The calls are routed anonymously through their system. Chirpy has a huge marketplace, hundreds of listeners that really enjoy conversations, and, and they make money doing something they love. So try them out. Go to chirpynetwork.com, sign up with the referral code BEAUTIFUL. That will get you 20 talk credits for just a dollar. Start talking to your very own beautiful stranger. Hello, person whose ear I am currently inside. I am in your ears right now. My name is Chris Gethard, and this is Beautiful Stories from Anonymous People. One phone call, one hour, no names, no holds barred. I'd rather go one-on-one. I think it'll be more fun, and I'll get to know you, and you'll get to know me. Welcome to Beautiful Anonymous, particularly if anybody is uh, joining us for the first time via my appearance on WTF with Mark Marin. Welcome to the show. And if you uh, are a regular listener, you want to know a little bit more about the rest of my life, WTF is such an honor to appear with Mark Marin, and it's a show I'm sure you've heard of. If you're listening to uh, this podcast and you have not listened to Mark's, you're, it's, I don't get it because he's uh, set the bar high for many years, and it was such a pleasure. Thank you, Mark, for talking to me. Also, thank you to today's caller for talking to me. I don't know what to say about this one. I don't want to talk too much. Let me just say this, that, uh, you know, beautiful stories from anonymous people. It's just a title I made up. But uh, the, the caller you're about to hear dealt with a situation that's just about the opposite of beautiful. It's, it's as not beautiful as a, as a story can be. And yet this person still is so strong and resilient. And, and, and I, I would say it struck me as a really beautiful human being in the face of something awful. Caller, if you're out there, thank you for sharing. I hope you're doing well. Mean it so sincerely. And without any further ado, let's get into the call. Thank you for calling Beautiful Anonymous. A beeping noise will indicate when you are on the show with the host. Hello? Hello, how are you? I'm good, how are you? I'm pretty good. I'm feeling a bit anxious, actually, at the moment. <laughs> I was, you know, just saw your little thing pop up on my Facebook feed, and I was like, hey, I'll call and see if I can talk to you. And then 
I'm pretty impressed that I'm actually talking to you. I did not think it would be that easy. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Thanks for uh, thanks for giving it a shot. I'm glad we're talking to each other. Yeah. So, uh, I don't know. I, I guess typically people just kind of dive in. I was feeling compelled to call because normally I'm on your end of it. I'm like kind of the person who digs into people, and I thought, you know, let's turn turn this back on me and see if someone uh, can get me to open up a bit. Well, I'll do my best. I'm nope. normally a very kind of closed off person. So, I mean, oh. I'm open in the sense that I always answer what's asked me, but I don't tend to sh- over, I don't tend to share about my life. So this is going to be interesting. Okay. This is intriguing. You, you've, got, you've, uh, <laughs> you've sufficiently teased me into feeling like I now have a mission to get you to, to start yapping. So. <laughs> It really won't be that hard because you just have to answer a question. I'm usually pretty mm-hmm. upfront and honest. It's just I always naturally fall on the kind of listening end of conversations. Yeah, and is that just because you're a good person, or is it because there's stuff you don't you don't like to share? <laughs> Do you keep your guard up against the world? Maybe a bit of both. <laughs> Intriguing. Definitely Intriguing. have my guard up. Definitely have my guard up. There's been lots of um. Uh, scary people in my life, I'm going to say, that have caused me to kind of, you know, build a bit of a wall. But I think mostly it is uh, empathy. I tend to be empathetic. So I like to listen to people and just be able to kind of let them get their emotions out in kind of a safe space. Okay. Well, uh, much like you, I feel. (laughs) Thank you. And people tell me I'm empathetic and that's something I've always been proud of. Because I feel like I could have used an empathetic ear at certain points in my life, and I'm glad to provide that to people now. But if you think I'm just going to blow past the part where you say your life is filled with scary people, then uh, you're you're underestimating me. Just seeing some. (laughs) Okay. Not filled. I'm, you know. Anybody you want to? Yeah. No. I've. Well. See. I. Okay, so it's an ex-husband situation. Um, I found myself kind of married to a bit of a monster, and I didn't see it coming. Wow. <laughs> I guess I tend to always see the I tend to see the good in people. I don't use the word monster lightly, and you'll probably figure that out. Um, I tend to look for the good in people. So when I let people into my life, I tend to want to meet them where they're at and kind of trust that. Uh, Maybe their intentions are as good as mine. I don't know. And that we'll kind of <laughs> be honest and true and grow together and, you know, have like this kind of fairy tale relationship. And I kind of let myself open to a person who was, uh, uh, well, I guess I can just say a child molester. <laughs> wow. Well, let me say right off the I bat. I didn't know that at the time. I didn't course. know that at the time. <laughs> I would imagine you didn't sign up for that. And uh, I'm so sorry. And let me, I'll just say this too. And this is a thing I find myself saying a lot, but I think it's very warranted in this case is that whatever you want to tell me, I'm not going to, I'm not going to judge it in anything. If you're like, you know what, let's not, let's, you know, let's not even bother going there. That's a, uh, that's a valid thing that you're, you you define the conversation. So whatever you want to tell me, you're allowed to tell me whatever you don't want to tell me and feel free. Yeah, no, I mean, it's kind of one of those surreal situations where when I, when people envision their lives, they don't necessarily <laughs> see it playing out in these sorts of ways. And I think people's natural tendency is to kind of pull inward and keep secrets. And I think that's what takes people to kind of dark 
places. So I'm mm-hmm. happy to be open and kind of, I don't, I, you know, when I first was revealed to me that this is the situation I was in, um, I immediately kind of got on the internet. I'm like, surely there's a community of people who know. <laughs> I couldn't find no community of people who found out they were married child molesters. That was a hard support system to find. <laughs> I, I would imagine. And can I say right off the bat that the fact that you're outwardly laughing and giggling about this is uh, both That's a defense mechanism. Oh, it is. Because I was going to say it's 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 both endearing and confusing um, from the outside. But I would imagine what, and it's interesting because you know if I I feel like if I was a journalist, I'd try to lay all sorts of track. How did you guys meet and this and that? And but but I feel like I'm I'm not a journalist. I'm just a guy having a conversation. And my first question, I think, would be: You referenced this. How how did you find out? Can I ask? Um. Uh. Bail card, like a came in the mail. A bail card, and then I confronted him, and he, yeah, like the person had came forward. The person was his daughter from a previous marriage. It came forward, so there was a warrant issued, and then we got a bail card in the mail. You know, saying you have these charges, call us if you need help. I got the mail that day. I confronted him. He confessed right out to me. Right out of the gate. Yeah. No denying it. Yeah. So this was something you <laughs> that think was he, a, that was the moment you don't forget. <laughs> oh, I imagined. And and did you get the sense like <laughs> was he waiting? Was he waiting for the shoe to drop on this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's amazing like, when you find things out. Going back and looking at it, all the the hints and things that he said, like you know things like you have no idea what I've been dealing with, or uh, I would be better off if I just left. Like all those things that kind of like in the heat of the moment or in fights and, and, and arguments over the course of a 10-year marriage, you kind of, I don't know, kind of file years. away. And then the light comes on and it's like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> so there were a lot, of, a lot of references to things and puzzle pieces that when you found out, you were like, oh, whoa. I felt like an idiot. Yeah. Like, man, he was trying to tell me or trying to get me to make me tell. I don't know. Like, yeah, you feel. I've always thought I was like super smart, but you know, could navigate the world fairly well. But I'm not so sure anymore. <laughs> well, I don't think you can beat yourself up, and I've never lived through what you're living through. But I think everybody listening right now is like, it's not a matter of you being smart. You don't get into a marriage so you can be a fucking detective. You're not. You don't put on a Sherlock Holmes hat and bust out a magnifying glass. You assume. Yeah. That these people who are putting their best foot forward are doing so honestly. So right off the bat, I'm like, it's you can't you can't sit around thinking I was stupid and didn't see it. Who would ever who would ever think that? Who would guess that? Yeah, at least yeah. that's my yeah. opinion. I don't know. I don't I'm not know. here to I'm not here to solve your problems, but my opinion is like, uh, oh, there's yeah, yeah. I'm beyond looking for a solution right now. I'm just you know making sure each day is livable for me and my my son. <laughs> so you have a son together. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we had a we had a child together. Yeah. And yeah. How, how long so that's, that's, that's How long ago did you find out? Um about 2 years ago we I found out. And he's in jail now, I would imagine. 2 years. Yeah, 20 yeah, 25 year sentence. Are you guys still married? No, no, no. No, that was, yeah. He thought, he thought that I should give him a, a chance, but yeah, no. 
Yeah. <laughs> like, a, yeah, no, <laughs> like, like the way I feel about like <laughs> the way I feel about like sending back a food order that comes out wrong. Where I'm like, yeah, no, you you kept the pico de gallo on this. Yeah, no, no, thanks. No, 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 thing. That's not going to work out for us. <laughs> How old's your son? I don't um, remember. He is five. Wow, He's five years old. So he doesn't know so about yeah, it. Um, that's part of the battle. I don't know how I, I struggle with like the idea of family secrets and like, how deep do you bury things or what do you bury or what do you just be open about and what causes more damage? <laughs> like there's going to be damage, but which one causes the least yeah. like him just not knowing or him slowly becoming aware of who his father is because ultimately he's going to know. Right. Well, I don't know. Let me go ahead and say this. <laughs> Listeners of this podcast know I tend to have an opinion on everything. I'm going to come straight out of the gate and say, out of my depth on this one. Way out of my yeah, depth you, on this you know, one. Yeah, I you. yeah, of course. <laughs> it's one of those situations where sometimes people in your life, like you come to them for advice and people are always usually willing to give it, mostly because they think they know everything. But, you know, so, but in a situation like this, people are like... Man, <laughs> yeah, you just kind of, I don't know, I don't, it's a, I don't know, it's hard because I have a natural inclination to be like forgiving of people and accepting of people. And it's part of the reason me and my ex got into a relationship because I knew a lot of his past and I was like, it's okay, you know, I'm not here to judge you, I'm gonna, you know, I'm here who you are now. And then he just kind of grabbed that, I don't know, it's he saw that part of me that was naive. And he would tell me through our entire relationship how naive I was, how naive I was. And I was like, I'm not naive. I'm just, you know, Ooh. I just love people. <laughs> so he's, but now I'm like, yo, I'm... Uh, so he, he he's... Uh... He, he's he's like saying stuff like that as like a power play. He's like saying these things is a weird... Oh, this. so he was a real monster. Yeah. I Yeah, I didn't use that word lightly. Yeah, a monster. Yeah. Yeah, a monster. A monster that was well disguised. I don't really well disguised. Yeah, <laughs> and you said you don't open up so much. Is this? Uh, have you been able to get this off your chest with with family and friends or professionals and stuff? Oh, for sh- oh, for sure. That's the thing is, and I, um, yeah, for sure. I see we see a family counselor, and I talk to my family open about it, and yeah, it was. It's been like a good catalyst for the family just to, because in a situation like this, either you have to kind of dig in to the people that you can trust or you're kind of floating alone in the world. So <laughs> yeah, in a way it's, it's hard to ever say something like this is a blessing, but in a way it comes like, okay, I've got to make the choice to be a, a real solid person to get through this. Otherwise I'm just going to go down a dark, dark hole. <laughs> Yeah. I notice you tend to laugh at the things that are the most, like the most pain at the end, at the end of the most painful sentences, you tend to laugh, Yeah, that's which how- I think is both a beautiful quality, but clearly also you're just, you're using, you're, you're trying to find ways to laugh at, at, at the world and, and whatnot, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, there's like a dark comedy to it, I guess. I don't know. I don't even know if it's comedy. It's It's just, I guess I don't, it's something I've always done, a nervous giggler, I suppose. I don't know what that is. No, I think it, I it's, think there's beauty to that. I think there is, a, you know, as a, as a comedian, 
which is the uh, the day job for me when I'm not doing this. It's like it, it's. Uh, I think there's something. Yeah. You know, the dark, the darkest stuff is the stuff we have to find a way to laugh at the most. And uh, it sounds you, yeah. you sound like such a charming. You sound so well adjusted, and, and I think that's commendable. Even if you're <laughs> even if you're faking it, even if you're faking that. Uh, for the past 10 minutes or so, it's commendable that you're able to even fake being well-adjusted, let alone the fact that it seems like, no, it's legit. <laughs> I would like to think I'm well-adjusted, but I don't know. When something like this happens in your life, you, you begin to question just what you actually, what, what's real and what's not. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's, a, there's a bit of a, like, a walking through the world, like, not quite sure where you are. And what's going on? <laughs> I would imagine too. It must make you like. Is are is there? Is it hard to just uh, trust anybody at face value anymore? No, that's the that's. I'm currently in another relationship, and I immediately fell into a. Tra- I don't. It's just. I don't know if it's part of my composition that I just trust people. I, I still trust people. That's a good thing. I, I don't know. I, it's the scary thing. Are you kidding me? <laughs> things I know where it can go now. Yeah, I guess that is true. Like in general, <laughs> in general, it's a good thing to be a trusting human being, but your worldview, your 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 experience has redefined the parameters in a way I don't get. So I uh, I don't know. So you, can I, uh, so you're in a new relationship. Does he, this is not, this is not something you reveal on the first date. Yeah, no, no. It, it came up pretty quickly just because, like I said, I don't, I think secrets when kept longer become more destructive. Like, oh, I don't yeah. know, the longer that you withhold telling something, the harder it is to say it. And then the more, I think, hurt comes with it. I don't know why that is. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> like it builds up energy while it's just kind of, I don't know, festers maybe. Yeah. So it was relatively soon. And I, I speak to him, maybe he's similar to me, but he just, I don't know. I expect I never expected to be in a relationship again. I thought everyone would just run for the hills. <laughs> yeah. So this guy, this but part, he the, just immediately he he stuck with you, huh? How does he react? How does he react when he hears all this? Oh, um, almost initially, uh, uh, I think sympathy. I suppose at first, like shock. Almost shock. Lots of silence. Time to process. I usually. Obviously, giggle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I don't. Uh, where were you? Where were you when you told them? We were at a park. We had gone for a walk oh. around a lake, and we were just kind of hanging out in a little pavilion under by the side of the lake. Sounds incredibly uh, romantic. Sounds incredibly romantic. I'm sorry to laugh while I say right. it. <laughs> so he- right. And I, 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 I warned him. I said, the question you asked has a very dark answer. So if you want to hear it now, I'm happy to tell you. I'm not going to lie. So if you're not ready for some darkness, we need to move along. What was the question? He asked a question, huh? Yeah, what happened to your ex? Oh, he goes, what happened to your ex? I mean, he knew I, he knew I had a kid. He knew I was you know, divorced. So, you know, what's the story with, you know, what's, what's going on with that relationship? What oh, happened? Oh, that's because yeah. we've all been there when you start dating someone new and you say, so like, Oh, so what's the deal with your ex? And you want to hear like, Oh, they, they were a jerk and I moved on or like, Oh, we're still friends. It just didn't work out. And you have perhaps the darkest yeah. possible answer. Yeah, the darkest place you could go besides maybe a serial killer, but I think they might be comparable. I'm not sure how those rank out. But uh, yeah, it's <laughs> tough. It's tough. Yeah, it's 
I would say honest 50-50 toss-up between serial killer and child molester. No, I'm not even trying. I'm not trying to be facetious. It's a genuine toss-up. I know. Believe me, I've grappled with the things that you're, you know, when I don't know what normal people do anymore. I'm so scared. But like, you know, in moments of quiet and meditation, the things that normal people think about are the things that I think about. <laughs> oh my God. So your daydream thoughts, you can, you can actually sit around and when you're like, like when I'm like home and I have a few hours and I get distracted and I'm like thoughts pop in your head, your daydream thoughts honestly are like, would it have been better to find out that my ex was uh, killing people and burying, yeah. burying them in the woods. This is an honest thought. These are the honest thoughts that just pop into your head from time to time now. Yeah, or I would have rather he hadn't been, yes, yes. And then I think, oh, God, I wish he would have killed somebody. Oh. Then, yes. Oh. <laughs> wow. Wow. Amazing. <laughs> yeah, amazing, tragic. But life, well, that's the thing, though. I don't think I'm alone. I there's other child molesters out there, so I'm positive somebody else is yeah. somewhere on this wide world is going through it. <laughs> and yeah, you said you're doing family counseling. Is there they, the, the people handling that? They don't have a network. There's no. Uh, they don't have the uh, connects there. Yeah. This... No, it seems like most of like the networks and connectors are for like the children who have been molested and like yeah. the family of the children who've been molested, not necessarily the family of the molester. Wow. That's really, I've never even thought and about I, I that. I thought about that, but neither had I. And I was like, you know what? Maybe most molesters don't have families. Maybe they don't. Like, then I was like, that's probably the case is that most of them are so fucked up that they don't actually sustain a relationship and have children. Yeah. <laughs> But I bet a lot. But I don't, I don't know, know if that's the case either. <laughs> yeah, who knows? I mean, a lot of these. I bet a lot of people. These are hidden things. It's really. It's yep. so dark. So dark. It so is dark. I know, and that's and that's the crazy thing is that it's amazing that like all this darkness is like trying to creep into my life, but I still have this like beautiful, happy, smiley, well-adjusted son. I don't. I don't. Oh, oh man, that's miracles. I don't know. That's incredible. I don't know. <laughs> That's incredible. The last day of preschool is today. Last day of preschool is today. Oh my god. That's beautiful. And then yeah. you know, but I'll also say you you sound so happy. And what do I know? I've been talking to you for a few minutes, but you you I'm, I think uh everyone listening is probably right now thinking this this person is taking care of this son and uh that's that's why. I bet a lot of people just hearing you already are saying the reason your son, when you're like, it's a miracle, I think a lot of people are probably saying it is a miracle, but you're the person who guided him to being that miraculous, I, it sounds like. Oh, it's hard to take that credit. It's it's hard to take that credit. It's hard. I don't know. Yeah, I know. And like I said. You get so lost in your head. You feel like there's like a whole world in your head that you feel like sometimes you might overlook what he's going through. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, I would imagine, and like I said, more than any other, this I, I have, I'm, I'm, I'm very happy to be a, uh, a, uh, an, an ear to listen to your story. But man, do am I, I? I got no right to give you any actual advice. So I'm, I'm, I just want to put. Sometimes this show has like a therapeutic vibe, and I'm not a therapist, and I just want to say, I'm super fascinated to hear the story, oh, no. but I can't. Uh, I'm sure you get that a lot. Yeah, to I mean, me, it strangers. wasn't really about getting therapy. 
but it, I guess it kind of talking is a natural form of therapy, but you know. Absolutely. No, and I'm not trying to make you feel guilty at all. I just want to, I feel like there's probably some listeners who are concerned and I just want to let you know I'm here to listen and that's, that's what I can do. I have, I have a weird thought. I have a weird thought because you said, here's an interesting thing. You said that there's no real network for people like you. Like it seems like it's expected for you to maybe stay hidden, which is not, not fair. And at the same time, there's also a platform here where there's probably a lot of people listening to you and saying, I wonder how two years out from this, this person is, is handling this as well as, as, as you uh, are even at this point. What, uh, what would you say? Like if you were, you know, it's a shot in the dark, but if there's somebody else out there listening, who's like, yeah, there aren't many people who have to deal with this. And I did as well. What, what would you say to the other people in your shoes? Like, what have you learned? Guys, we're going to go ahead. We're going to take a break. Believe me, we're going to get back to that call because I know we're all waiting on bated breath to hear how it turns out. Just give us a quick minute, some words from our very, very kind sponsors who make this show happen, and then we'll be right back. Beautiful Anonymous is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. I got a question for you guys. Have you downloaded Ibotta yet? That's I-B-O-T-T-A. It's my favorite app to get cash back on my everyday purchases. And they are today's sponsor. Thank you, Ibotta. Unlock rebates, shop and get cash back on groceries, clothing, all sorts of things. Download it today. Use the code STORIES and instantly receive a $10 welcome bonus when you redeem your first rebate in the app. For cash back, Every time you shop, I bought it. You've got a I bought a I B O T T A. Check it out. We all know that sometimes it feels like there are not enough hours in the day. I feel that almost every day, even when you're working past the nine to five. Look, if you're still making time consuming trips to the post office, you need a better way. Use stamps.com. You get the postage you need as soon as you need it. Buy and print official U.S. postage for any letter or package right from your computer, your printer. Quick, easy, convenient, on your terms. You save money with stamps.com too. It's just a fraction of the cost of one of those expensive postage meters. Plus, you get special postage discounts you can't even find at the post office. I really recommend stamps.com. I've said it so many times, the post office stresses me out. I used to live in a neighborhood in Brooklyn where the post office was notoriously nightmarish. It was terrifying, and Stamps.com solves all that anxiety. Right now, sign up for Stamps.com. Use my promo code BEAUTIFUL for this special offer. You get a four-week trial. You get a $110 bonus offer, including postage and a digital scale. Get started. Stamps.com today. Within minutes, you'll be printing postage right from your desk. Go to Stamps.com. Before you do anything else, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage. Type in BEAUTIFUL. That is Stamps.com. Enter BEAUTIFUL. Okay, everybody focus up. Take a breath. Let's get back into this call. You know, it's a shot in the dark, but if there's somebody else out there listening who's like, yeah, there aren't many people who have to deal with this, and I did as well. 
What what would you say to the other people in your shoes? Like, what have you learned? Uh, just to breathe. Just to breathe through each moment of panic. And uh, I don't know, like, I, it's so easy in moments of crisis to, like, go three, four, five years in advance and try to solve those problems or even a month in advance. And, like, when you get into, like, real crisis, it's just a second ahead of you. It's just the two seconds ahead of you. And yeah. if I can navigate that and keep that stable, then I don't know. It's like plank after plank. I've built a little bit of a sidewalk to walk on. That's, that's all I can say. That's all you can say. <laughs> oh, that's all I can say is some of the most incredibly um, heartfelt and useful advice. Oh, that's all you can say is just something <laughs> profound? Well, that's pretty good. I think you nailed it. I think you nailed it. That was very impactful. I don't know. I mean, I don't know where the little plank path is going and probably probably some pretty dark places. So that's the hardest part about it is that you know that, I don't know, I've always, since it happened, my perspective has been mostly through my son's eyes, but he's going to have to process a lot of information through the course of his beautiful little life. And yeah. his father may be getting out of prison when he's pubescent. I don't know. That could be a horrible experience for right. him. So. You said 25 <laughs> years. It sounds like if, if he serves the whole time, your son will be around, like, what, 27, 28? Yeah, that's what I, I I don't know. Well, that's what you would think, but, like, the system's so weird. I don't even understand it. Like, you give him sentences, but hardly anyone actually serves their full sentence, and I don't... <laughs> Yeah. I don't I don't I don't know. I guess it could be as early as eight years, but I guess that just depends on Here's how they a, make their choices and their good behavior. I don't know. I haven't spent too much time actually looking into that because yeah. I felt like I at least had six, seven years before I had to worry about it. But yeah. that's amazing. And then <laughs> uh, yeah. such an odd thought popping in my head. I would imagine there's some level at which it's like uh there's going to be restraining orders to keep this guy away from your son. But then is there any level at which you're like, no, the, he, his father should have to face this down. Is there any, well, like what's, what's your thought about when this guy does get out? You want to keep him, you want to keep him I have no far, idea. far away. Right. I don't know. I only ever, well, I, that's just the thing is that it's not going to be in my control and it never really is with another person. So like, I want to keep him far away from me. That's all I can do. But when my son gets old enough, like, I don't know. I remember being a preteen teenager. Like, it didn't really particularly matter what my parents told me. If I had, like, a curiosity about my birth parent, like, I don't know. Like, I can keep him away as much as I can, but that's where, like, that's where I battle with how much does he know. Like, you would hope that if he knows the truth that he wouldn't have no interest. But then... I just, I've always had both my parents in my life, so I'm trying to put myself in a place where I'm imagining not having a parent and that natural curiosity or that seed that's always going to be there to know who they are or what they did or, you know, so I don't know, I don't know how much of that's going to exist for him, even though his father's a monster. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Like, I don't know how much I could squelch that natural instinct to just kind of want to know, to know who he is. Yeah. And it <laughs> like also, I said, I've had both parents in my life. So <laughs> and I, I don't want to bring up something completely, uh, out of bounds. So if I am, let me know, but this also, this also means that you're, 
your son has a half sister who's also involved in this in, yeah. a, in the most in the most tragic way. Is it yeah. is, is it going to make it hard for your son to know his his sibling? Ah, uh, that's a that's a hurdle I haven't I haven't gone over yet. Like since the truth was revealed, I'm not like that's a a relationship. I'm not sure. I'm not sure how that works. I don't. <laughs> so you're not in touch with his know, family, like, and I no, I'm in a vague. Yeah, that's the hard part, I suppose. That's the part that I struggle with most on a day to day basis: is punishing his family for his sins, like keeping him away to protect him from his father, is keeping him away from people who didn't do anything to him <laughs> but at the same time like your body just wants to scream running in the other direction <laughs> like you don't like the further you are away from all of this the safer the safer he feels so I, but it doesn't seem I don't but then on the same point like from the perspective of the daughter is it equally painful for us to be, keep on popping up into her life so I don't <laughs> I don't know. That's a, that's definitely a road I have not been enlightened on. <laughs> yeah, I can't imagine. You know, it, it's 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 so weird because from my from my perspective, one of the things that I'm so fascinated by right now is when when you hear about things like this. Generally, it's like a sensationalistic news story, you know, or like you hear about somebody in your hometown who's doing stuff like this and you're like, yeah. oh my God. And you don't consider the fact that there's this ripple effect where yeah. family But there always is. Oh yeah. But you don't you don't think about that Even from the outside. The good things. What's that? Yeah. Even with the good things there's a ripple effect though. So Which, yeah. What are it, the good it things? It keeps on going. Oh, I'm just talking about life in general. Oh Everything life in general. I thought you meant the good things yeah, with this situation, and I was like, "There's no way you're that no, positive." No, there's not many of those. There's no way you're that positive. That's uh, no, even the good aspects of this. It's no. the ripple effect. No. <laughs> now we're both nervous no. laughing. Now we're both nervous laughing. No, 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 definitely not. No, it's that's the that's one of the hard things that's hard to hard to deal with on a day to day basis. It's just knowing that these ripples continue on through infinity. <laughs> like yeah. Every year is a new thing you didn't anticipate or a new question you didn't think was going to be asked or a new situation where you're like, oh, it affects it in this way. It's just like a revelation every day. And is this, uh, <laughs> this is all we've talked about and clearly this is like a, a really, a really, I mean, the impact on your life, it's, it's, it completely, it like rearranges the whole structure of your life. But does it define it totally? Like are there, are there are two years out? Are there stretches where you can just say like, "Oh, I just went three or four hours and lived another part of my life and didn't and wasn't worried about this," or is it just it's omnipresent? Um, you know, not yet. I guess I don't know. I try not to stand. Uh, I don't know. You develop mental techniques, I guess, to cope with it. But I try not to stand with those thoughts for too long and don't give them too much weight in my brain, so that. It gets to the point where I'm thinking about them, but they they come as quickly as they go. So I let them kind of pass through my head as naturally as possible without 
dwelling on them. I think the anxiety and the stress and that ugh, comes from letting them sit in your head as opposed to just kind of of tide waves coming and going, coming and going, coming and going. Like if I just kind of accept that that's just kind of the natural flow of my thoughts and that they don't necessarily have to dominate my attitude for the day, then it's okay. So wow. I would say yes, but I've not gotten to the place where I'm not thinking about it, but maybe more to the place where I'm not like letting it like affect me. <laughs> so it's almost more like, I think they always will be there. It's like ha- almost like having a radio on and you can let it become kind of background noise. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I don't want to say background noise because background noise you like ignore. Like I acknowledge that I'm thinking about it, but I try not to give it too much power. Like I try not to dwell on it. Like, okay, I thought about that. Now it's time to move on. Like That was its time. And now it's time to move on to something different. I apologize for my analogy being way off. It was way off. <laughs> yeah, nothing. It's, it's, I mean, in a way you tune into the radio when it's playing. So maybe it's always there. And it's, those are the moments I'm tuning into the, what's being actually spoken about. I don't know. Maybe it's an accurate analogy. I don't know. I mean, we're now in a situation where this is this is why I this is why I get the sense that you're a pretty incredible person. Is I made a bad analogy, and you're the one dealing with a life situation that's more real than hopefully anything I have to to deal with, and you're trying to make me feel better about the quality of my analogy. You're like, no, I was pretty good. You're like, no, I was pretty good. Don't beat yourself up about your radio analogy when you're the one. You don't need it's to valid. be helping it's me. It's a valid analogy if that's, if that's how you perceived it, and that's how you perceived it. <laughs> yeah, but uh, but I think my point is you don't you don't owe me anything, and you there's you don't need to be propping me up for my bad metaphors um, over here. Like you, are you like people accuse me with this show of being like a, a, a fake therapist all the time? Have you have you? I feel like you. I wish you were. A I would talk to you. I love my therapist very much. But uh, you should you should be one. You're really nice. Well, thank you, thank you. I don't know. I I'm too I get too emotionally connected to people, so I feel like I would like. I don't know. I feel like I might go insane. Yeah, <laughs> I, you'd absorb it all. But maybe not. Maybe that's how. Yes. Yeah. 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 I, I I tend to do that. Like like going to funerals and things like that. I can't. I just absorb all that. Ooh, and have you always been so, that way? Have you always been that way? Or was this, is this something that has heightened since your, your situation a few years back? Oh, uh, I think, no, I think I've always been that way, but I didn't come to kind of actually realize it until. Mm. So you're saying you've always been like, a very I've, emotional person who absorbs the impact of, of emotional things in a big way. And that's always been a factor in your life. And then you also stumble into a marriage that ends in perhaps the most negatively, negatively impactful emotional. That I mean, this, is, this is a, oh god, I can't. I've ima- always been kind of drawn to. I've always been kind of. Okay, this is going to sound really kind of crazy, but I've always been kind of drawn. I don't want to say to darkness, but to wounded things, to things that want to like. And that's just not a healthy place, to, a healthy person to be. But like in a sense of like, you see a wounded puppy, you want to help it, like. Yeah. And that's uh, that's the danger. That's the danger of kind of having to feel like being really sensitive to people is that you feel the pain there, and even if the pain they're caused 
they cause their own pain, you still feel it. And it's still a real feeling that they're experiencing. And I want to immediately make it go away. <laughs> like, wow. Immediately. So I, I tend to like find myself in company of people who are in pain. <laughs> yeah. So you're like a healer. You're like a healer for the people around you. Like if we were still in my, if you, if we were in a pagan society, you'd be, uh, you'd, you'd be the healer. <laughs> like in the 1600s, you'd probably be burned as a witch because of your healing. You'd be casting healing spells. <laughs> Thank you. That sounds lovely. So is it fair? Probably, to, yes. I can't. Probably. probably. You know, it's, I, I will tell you, this is tough for me because, uh, and that it's not about me and my problems, but uh, I feel bad uh, making any jokes, but I'm glad. I'm glad we're finding some ways to laugh. Based on what you just told me, though, about wanting to, like, take in the the wounded puppies, would you say, like, did you get a sense that your ex had some darkness and maybe you were, like, buying into that or, or romanticizing it a little bit because of that tendency? Um, yeah. Like, in, in, in hindsight, yeah, yeah. There's like, something attractive about it. Gonna sound, I, I don't even want to say this because it sounds so broken when I say it, but, like, Part of me, initially, when you're going in a new relationship, there's a lot of that new relationship energy and like things that kind of make you blind to certain aspects of people if you're not being fully aware. And I was definitely not. I was kind of, I was, you know, in my early 20s at the time and kind of just running through life, kind of like careless, careless. And uh, after I got to know him, I was like, oh, there's some dark, there's some really, truly darkness bordering on evil. I could sense like just darkness here. And I thought that was past stuff, stuff that was just coming up from the past. Um, and I thought, you know what, if this is my life, if I'm like throwing myself on this grenade, then at least I've neutralized this one person. <laughs> like if, if I wasn't in this person's life and it sounds so narcissist when I'm saying it, like I, but like it came to a point in the relationship where I was like, wow, you, there's some real tendency to be kind of evil. I like, but when he was with me, like in my house, I felt like it was neutralized. Like I knew where, like, that sounds so horrible, but like I knew where he was. I knew what he was doing and he was, everyone was safe. Wow. (laughs) Everyone was safe. (laughs) Because, This is, uh, and so I, I would have those thoughts, and I'd be like, "I'm crazy. Why am I thinking this? I'm just, I'm going crazy." But wow. in hindsight, I don't know. It was, I just felt like I needed to keep him safe, like my ex-husband safe, like from himself, like safe. At this point, I'd like to just take a very quick moment, but do not worry. We'll be back shortly with the rest of the call. Some of the most beautiful stories you'll ever hear are found in documentaries. Discover a vast library of riveting documentaries on Sundance Now Doc Club. Sundance Now Doc Club is a new premium streaming service for curated nonfiction content. Learn more about the beautiful storytelling behind the hottest shows in the series, The Writer's Room. Get a peek into the candid discussion between host Academy Award-winning screenwriter Jim Rash and the talent and writing staff of Game of Thrones, Breaking Bad, Scandal, House of Cards, and more. And I'll tell you what, guys, I am a member of Sundance Now Doc Club, and I liked it so much 
that I actually signed my dad up as his birthday present. I actually went ahead and got my dad a membership because I loved it so much. I knew he was going to love it so much, and he does. Explore Sundance Now Doc Club's ever-growing library of critically acclaimed content. It's available on web, mobile, Apple TV, and Roku. Become a member to start streaming now and get your free month at www.docclub.com beautiful. That's www.doclub.com beautiful. Put the word beautiful in lowercase. I got it. I love it. Got it from my dad, extending it to my family because it's a really great thing. You're going to enjoy it. Check it out. Okay, everybody. Uh, everybody got your earbuds in tight. Everybody's sitting down. Let's uh, let's get to the rest of this call. I mean, there's a lot of people attracted to darkness, but you said evil. Like this wasn't like this wasn't like oh, he listens to Depeche Mode and The Cure a lot and wears black. He's dark. This was like when you say you sensed evil. That's that's pretty uh, specific. What 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 type of and you, you know say you see you both in that par- in that chunk you said like keep him safe from himself and also if he's here I know that I know where he is which implies like keeping the world safe. What evil did you sense? It wouldn't be a thing that he did. It would be a thought process that he would have. We're like. I can't even give you a specific example, but we'd be sitting and talking about hypotheticals. Like you're doing a relationship, you're watching TV and there's something you see on TV and you're kind of like, oh, I would have blah, 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 blah. And like the things that he would like justify in his head, like there, like there'd be so, I don't know, like not consider any other human being on the planet, but himself. And I was like, wow, like you would cause pain to other people because it made you feel good in, this, in that second. Like it was, there would just be moments where I would see like, oh, you would do anything for yourself. Like anything to satisfy a desire for yourself. Wow. And it wouldn't be, they would come and go really quickly, but I would see them and be like, like, wow. Like it would be a moment, like, and it was so well disguised. Like it would, it would come in the most kind of casual of like topics. And I would, it would just like a moment, it'd be in my head, like, that's not, that's not, I don't know, that's dangerous. That's a dangerous thought to have. That goes to all sorts of dark places. And I didn't think he was actually in those dark places. I just thought, oh, he could go there. He could go to those dark places. I didn't actually, I don't know. Like, I guess when people start, like, if there's certain areas that they just make certain decisions, like, like. I don't know. I've struggled with this because I, I always wonder, I always believe that people get better and people improve and that you can always grow, but I'm not so sure anymore. And maybe some people are stuck in their same decision making their entire life. I don't know. <laughs> well, it's, I mean, cause you sound like so aware and intuitive and like emotionally in touch and very forgiving. I, I, hearing what you just said, here's an, here's a question that, just from the outside is popping into my head is like, did you, looking back, do you feel like you ever really loved him or was it always this effort to like save him or, or, or? Save him. Yes. It was always an effort to save him in hindsight. And I guess that's a sort of love. Maybe not a romantic like husband love, but like a humanity sort of love. Wow. Now, can I ask, I I've been thinking about a question for a long time. It's it's a pain it's a painful one. Is it okay if sure. I just go there? Go for it. 
do you know like was when is was this stuff in the past or was this happening while you were no. married to him why we were married uh, why we were married oh that's it and like yeah why why we were married oh no yeah. i'm so yeah. sorry it's, it's it's yeah it's nauseating and infuriating and a whole bunch of emotions all at the same time and the fact that i didn't the hardest part i think is how, how did i not see it how could i i could have stopped that i could have saved years of her her abuse but and it's not my i mean that wasn't my i don't know that's just not how it happened i didn't see it i saw something i didn't know what i was seeing yeah, I mean it's. You don't it, know what you see sometimes. <laughs> of course, and nobody sees that. Nobody sees that. Nobody sees that. And I hope I don't know. Like I, I, I can't say what you should or shouldn't do, but I hope you don't spend. Hope you don't make it about you and and beating yourself up, because it's also like you wanted to save him yeah. when you married him. You wanted to save her when you heard retroactively, and it's uh this. Yeah, that's this all guy just is, on that little wheel of thoughts that spins in my head. That thought along with all the other ones, they all just pop up randomly. I mean I don't I don't I don't think it was my my job to like like I don't know, I don't think I'm at fault, but yeah. I wish I could have. And I would imagine I wish I could have. Of course, of course. I, I mean I can't mm-hmm. I can't even fathom what that was like. And I would imagine too there must be such the the protective instincts you feel towards your son immediately must be like instantaneous, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. But at the same time, that's the hard part because he was old enough at three to remember him and to know, like I said, he had a really good disguise. Like he was so present and with his son and laughing every day and playing and engaged like that's, that's my son's memory of his father. So it's hard. I'm defensive and I want to protect him, but he wants his daddy. Yeah. So it's, it's like I said, it's a whole back to the whole secret thing. Like what secrets do you keep and what things do you like? Like how you can't look at your three-year-old son and be like, your dad's a monster. You're never going to speak to him again. Like maybe you could, but I can't imagine that's the healthiest thing to do for him. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. He's, I don't know. It's hard, but I don't know. My life's got some beautiful things in it. So. What's the, uh, what's the most beautiful thing that jumps out? Oh, for sure. My son, for sure. For sure. He just, uh beautiful beautiful boy <laughs> just loves just loves no matter what just loves like loves things loves people loves, yeah just loves things he loves people he just everyone's a friend and which <laughs> scares me because that's i guess kind of how i was so i want to i don't want him to be jaded i'd rather him go through life open than closed that's amazing so even though he like takes after you and he's trusting and you've said that your trust maybe got you into a situation that was a nightmare. You still, you want to fan the flames of that trust because ultimately you think that is the more positive way to live. For sure. (laughs) Yeah. I don't, I've never doubted that living open and trusting people. I mean, unless you want to be by yourself your whole life. And I guess maybe there are people who, who that's the life for them, but you got to leave yourself open. And if you want people to be part of your life, 
you got to leave or love or relationships. You got to be open if you if it's going to come. <laughs> wow. I will tell you. I I uh I, I have been I, I have been I have gone negative for complete bullshit reasons so many times even within the past few days and you've lived through something that would would crush anybody's worldview and completely rearrange it and you're still here talking about trust and positivity and it's uh this this is uh your this phone call at least with me and I imagine many listeners is a massive wake up call to uh, thank God for what I've got. And uh, if you're, you're so strong, you're so strong. <laughs> it doesn't feel like that normally on a day to day basis, but thank you. It's encouraging. <laughs> yeah, I would say, like, uh, from the outside, just thinking about the way you're raising your son in the face of all this, it's like, uh, I, I don't, I, I don't, I would imagine not even many people in your life know it, but it's, it seems like it's kind of like quietly heroic. You're giving your son this life that's unaffected by this nightmare situation. That's that's a daily struggle. You shoulder the load for everybody it's around a daily you. Struggle huh? going into work. Yeah, yeah. It's it's just yeah. It's like if I want to be self indulgent for a moment, like it's struggle going into work and sitting at your desk and hearing people. Like you know, even like a month after it happened, when I went back to work, you know, hearing people whine about. I don't know. I don't know. My basement flooded. Like, and how tragic. And then I want to emphasize, and I want to, like, you know, that is really horrible. That sucks. That's horrible. Yeah. And in my head, I'm just like, oh, God. Well, Go you're fuck clearly. Yourself. Yeah. I was, yes. I love that you said that because I was going to say you're like such a sweet person. It's clear, but there must be part of you that's like, fuck your fucking basement. Shut up. But it's. It's really easy to fall into that resentment, though, and that's a place that's hard to come back from. How did you do it? How did you come back from it? How did you not fall into it? Oh, I, oh, that's. I think that's the trap people get into is that they think it's one or the other. It goes in and out. Yeah, I can does. fall into some resentment feelings, and then the next day I can let that go and just be thankful. Wow, that, <laughs> you are stronger than I am. I would. I would be. Uh... Two years out, there's no way. I mean, I'm 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 a wreck. I'm like a wreck about a lot of things, and my life is easy. And you're 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 so strong, and your life has been hard. But yeah, like like I'm trying to think of something. Like, yeah. This whole week, I've been in a bad mood. Like I, like, <laughs> like I played. And that's okay. That's okay. It, it is, was a bad week. It's okay. No, but look at you <laughs> trying to take care of me. I played basketball on Tuesday, and I shot over for six. And I've been in a bed. It's now Friday, and I've been in a horrific mood. I've been treating people in my life worse because I'm so b- mad about how I played basketball. And now I'm talking to someone on the phone. We're like, "Oh yeah, that sucks that you went zero for six from three, dude." Uh, guess what, though? I was married for ten years to someone. I went zero for twelve. <laughs> how did you? How- I guess I played basketball the other day, and I never make a shot. Never. <laughs> how? How did you? I'm I'm in the middle of singing. You jump in with this killer punchline. Over twelve. You make me feel better by making it clear you're worse at basketball. You're you're a you're a miracle. I'm over. I am overwhelmed by your level of grace. I am. I am overwhelmed by your strength and your level of grace. It is. I will. I will never forget this. I will never forget that I got to have this conversation ever. 
Oh, thank you. Me neither. I'm I'm still in a bit of shock that I'm having it because I I listen to your podcast all the time, like at work, and my little Bluetooth speaker in my ear while I'm charting through my databases. I'm listening to you and your stories. Well, I'm happy. Your, I'm your happy. Listener stories. <laughs> I'm happy that I've given you an hour of distraction once a week. But at the end of the day, what I am is a uh, middle middle class kid from New Jersey who has brought very little to the world and dealt with very little and uh and thank oh, you for saying that. yours are valid as mine. I almost feel bad that you keep telling me my problems and concerns and thoughts are valid. I almost feel bad because they're not. It's not your fault that your problems aren't as heavy as mine. I, mean, I know it's, 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 it's not my valid. fault I never married a child molester. I'm not, I'm not saying that. I'm aware. But that being said, I'm, I want to be here for you. And you keep trying to be here for me just like you kept trying to be there for everybody else in your life. It's. I can feel. I can feel yeah. how hard you work to uh, make the people around you feel propped up, and it's. Uh, it's both inspiring and a little heartbreaking because it feels like, from what you've described, it's that exact. It's that exact quality that also blindsided you, or helped yeah, helped well, we lead to a situation. Are. It's true. It's true. It's true. So what? I, here, here's this thing I'll put out there. We got about eleven minutes left. This has been fascinating. Wow. You are a. I'm fine. It did. It flew by, and and I, I am so so <laughs> impressed that you shared this story, and so impressed to hear how you've dealt with it. That being said, what else? What else is like? What are the? What are a couple other things in your life? Just so I know. Just so I know. What are the other? What like you play basketball? That's. I think that's great. No, no, I don't. My my boyfriend plays basketball. I just indulge him. <laughs> oh, you indulge him. <laughs> to 12, remember? Oh, for 12. <laughs> so, like, when he needs somebody to just uh, shoot around with, you're out there. Yeah, yeah, I like to be moving. I mean, one of the best therapies is just moving your body in whatever way you can. So, yeah. Yeah. I'm always game for some physical activity. <laughs> and your new boyfriend, he's a good guy? Ah, the best. The best. What uh, what does this guy do early on that makes you trust him after? Is this the first relationship you were in, or did you date around a little bit? No, this is the first one. I'd know there was no, there's no casualty. <laughs> My wife. <laughs> either you're going to accept me, or you're just going to move on. <laughs> I can't believe that you just, with laughter in your voice, were like, "Ah, oh, there's no such thing as casual dating once you've divorced a molester." That yeah, is... there's no casually knowing me. Either you're going to know the full me, or you're just not yeah. going to know any. Like, I can't maintain like superficial relationships like that. It just. Like if you want to know me, you have to know the full truth. Otherwise, you're just not gonna understand. It's just not gonna be real. Yeah. So. So what is it? What is I it? I guess that was probably the thing initially. What is it the about? The Just the acceptance. The acceptance. acceptance. The non-judgment. Kind of... Like, and that's just who he is. It's just he wouldn't. It's just he hears the stories, and that's not. He just accepts. That's amazing. He's an accepting person. And let me is the is there darkness? Is there darkness here? Is there is this guy like a nine inch nails fan as well? Are you attracted to the darkness, or have you moved past that a little bit? Uh, he does like some gangster rap, so I guess that's kind of dark. That's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> I don't know. He's 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 got some darkness. I mean, I but I can't. I mean, but only I don't know. Not, the difference, I think, is that he 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 owns it. He knows 
he he owns his demons. I mean, I, I when I say demons, I don't mean like he's ah, he's you know he his faults. He's aware. He knows. He works with them. He on it every day to yeah. know when they're creeping in and how to manage them. And he's aware. He he's working. Yeah, that sounds like a very nice change That's of pace. I can ask if someone. <laughs> and do you think? Because Dick, that came up. So you were you were attracted to the darkness, and with your ex, that desire to save or protect him, protect the world from him, you mistook that for real attraction or real love. Do you think that he? Do you yeah, think real that, love. Yeah. You think that he sensed that? Do you think he? I mean, it sounds like he was an, a, a master manipulator. Do you think that that was part of what? Yeah, I think. I absolutely. I think that's part of what drew him to me. Oh, I can have her. I can control this. I've wow. got this. So he's an actual maniac. He's <laughs> like an actual person who wanted to control and manipulate and. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. She's going to be easy to lie to. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but you know, thank God it's in my past. <laughs> Big time. Big well, time. thank God he is in my past. Yeah. That was a it sad story. That was a sad readjustment. <laughs> that was a sad. It was a bummer readjustment. <laughs> it was just said when you were like, it's in my past. And I was like, yeah. And you were like, no, wait, he's in my past. It will always be a part of me. And I was like, ah, like I really felt like a triumphant moment. And then we backtracked it validly, very validly scaled <laughs> it back know. to a realistic level. Yeah. I mean, you can run from your, you can run from it, but. I don't know. It's easier just to to own it. It's easier just to be with it. Yeah. This is, uh, <laughs> I'm going to complain a lot less. Complain a lot less. <laughs> I am. It's okay if you do, though. <laughs> it's okay if I do, and I'm sure I will at points, but, uh, if I, yeah. if I had your, if I had your attitude about, uh, my life, I'd be a happier person, and your life, has been um, undoubtedly more difficult the past few years than mine has been. And it's teaching me a lot. It's remind, <laughs> reminding me a lot about my priorities and my attitude. I've got to complain less. No. i got to love more. No, oh, I love it. <laughs> I love it. You taught me that. You taught me that. I'm still teaching myself that, so we're learning from each other. <laughs> yeah. we got about five, <laughs> about five and a half minutes left. Anything else you want to put nice. out there? Anything else that uh, the world needs to know or that you just want to say randomly? <laughs> hmm. No, I don't know. I feel like I feel really good. I feel happy. I'm, I'm happy that I got to talk to you. It was amazing. That, it's, uh, it's amazing. <laughs> I, brought, I brought nothing to the table. You're a, you're the immune. Oh, come on. Nah, everybody agrees with me. I promise come you, everybody on. listening agrees with me. I was not amazing. Everyone is listening is a fan of you, so I don't know about that. Oh, <laughs> uh, listen, everybody might be a fan of the podcast, but my job is to facilitate, okay? It's not about mm -hmm. me. I've learned that from the number of people who tell me to stop. <laughs> Literally people who tell me, hey, stop talking on your own podcast. Let the other people talk. And you talked. And everybody listening right now is uh, maybe they're a fan of the podcast. Maybe they're even a fan of me. But right now and today, I promise you, they are a fan of you. I promise you that. No. No. Thanks. Thanks. 
Yeah. That's pretty spectacular. <laughs> so what are you, are you at? You, you said you work. You at work now? Oh, yeah, I'm at work. Nice. <laughs> That's good. I'm glad you... I'm not at my desk moment, no. so I'm going to wander back here in a minute and see what's waiting for me, but... <laughs> Yeah. I hope you don't get in trouble. I hope you don't get in trouble for, uh, does everybody Ow. at your work, does, do people yeah. at your work know your situation? For sure. My boss is the first person I called. Wow. So you're close. Oh yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I open, I, I trust people. So yeah. she, yeah, uh, it's just, yeah, I can, I couldn't come into work and not, and not um, be open with what had happened. They would be looking at me like, "What? Like you just got hit by a train? What happened to you?" <laughs> I do feel like you want to hear how shitty I am, and the thing that I bet you never would think. I immediately was like, "Oh, you can never get in trouble. Like you never get in trouble at work again. Like anything that happens." <laughs> I, yeah, just... but that's sort of that's sort of like. Um, what is that called? There's a word for that. Like, I don't know. Lying? Sympathy or whatever. I don't, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't want that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to be in trouble. Again, I want to be held accountable. The person wanna... I am. I'd take long breaks. I'd take real long breaks. And then if the boss was like, hey, what's going on? I'll be like, I'll tell you what's going on. So two years ago, and you'd be like, oh, right, 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 right. Yes, I remember now. And then I would just be like, I'm going to take another break. You know what? I'm stressed out by this interaction. I'm going to take another break. That's... I'm sure I wouldn't actually do that, but it did. It, it popped into my mind. Probably not a cool thing to say. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> well, look, we are. I can take breaks whenever I want, so I don't mind to worry about it. <laughs> that sounds good. Sounds good. Yeah. All right. I feel like we've come full circle. I feel like we've. We've accomplished whatever we were meant to accomplish today. Yeah, I think I think you. Uh, what a strong person you are in life, and a strong person for sharing this. And I think, uh, you know, I can't speak for anybody, but my prediction would be, a lot of people listening to this are are uh, their jaws are dropped at your strength. And thank you for that. Oh, thank you. Please. Thank you. We've got two minutes left. Good luck with your basketball. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> it can't end with you, Michigan. <laughs> Wishing me luck at basketball. I'm 35 <laughs> years old and I'm five foot seven and my knees are shot. I don't need the, the lasting image can't be you saying a nice, I got, you can't be. The you next can't. one you're going to make. The next one you're going to make. Oh no, no. It's got to, I have to say something nice to you. On, you can't. I'm going to hit, I'm going to hit a whole bunch. You know what? Next week I'm going to hit a whole bunch and I'm going to think about you every time. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah. You're uh you're tough, you're tough and you're strong and uh and it, again, I, I'm it's uh no joke. You can hear me. I'm trying to formulate the words, but this is one that uh I'm lucky to have and I'll think about you and I'll think about your son and I'm wishing you guys well from afar anonymously. Ah. We'll take what we can get. Thank you. Thank you. It means a lot. Of course. And I can't predict the future, and I'm not here to solve your problems, but I will say that just from my perspective, from being far away, your son is going to be fine because he's got you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay.
I don't even know what to say. I think I just talked to a human being who has lived, lived, lived. I think that's the conversation of every conversation I've ever had in my life, not just on this podcast. That's the person who has maybe dealt with the most horror up close to be able to laugh at all, to be able to be that open. I aspire to be as strong as that lady. And I think all of us, all of us listening, man, can we all take away some of the qualities that that person brings into the world? Because that, 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 that's an incredible, that's an incredible mom. That's, that's what I think about right there. That is an incredible mom who dealt with something that none of us ever wish upon anyone. And uh, I'm amazed. I'm amazed I got to hear that situation and call her. I will think about you forever. Honestly, forever. I'm blown away. Blown away that you shared that. Let's let's everybody, everybody in the world who's listening to this, just repeat after me. Take a deep breath and say, I will be less of a crybaby about things that don't matter. And let that wake off your shoulders because I'm feeling that in a big way right now. And now I'll get off the high horse. And I will say thank you to a number of people, to Greta Cohn, to John Delore, who, who turned this podcast from uh, just a phone call into an actual show. It, it means so much. I want to thank Shell Shag for the intro music, and I want to thank all you guys for listening. Please, if you enjoy the show, rate, review it on iTunes. We're so close to 1,000 reviews, so close, and it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a milestone, and it's a cool thing. And, and if you like the show... We're a community here, and, and I want it to be an active vocal one, and that's a small way that would mean a lot to me that we can. Uh, for more info on me, thechrisgethardshow.com is info on my TV show. All my touring dates are up at chrisgeth.com under the shows section. I'm going all over the country this summer. I'm also going to Ireland, to Scotland, a ton of dates, and I'd love to just meet all you guys out there on the road. If you're a fan of the podcast, come out, say hi, um, not just for the ticket sales, but because I actually would really... Love to say hello. You guys have supported me. It means a lot. So anyway, when I got going, that one was uh, mind-blowing. Mind-blowing, mind-blowing. And uh, next week, more Beautiful Anonymous. Sorry I'm flustered. Uh, that one blew me away. We'd like to thank today's sponsor, Sundance Now Doc Club. Sundance Now Doc Club is your destination for a rich library of award-winning nonfiction content. Don't miss the beautiful story told in Spectrum of Hope and other captivating, critically acclaimed films on Sundance Now Doc Club. Available on web, mobile, Apple TV, Roku. It's awesome. I'm a member. Start streaming more beautiful stories now. Get your free month at www.docclub.com dot com slash beautiful that is www.docclub.com slash beautiful put beautiful in lowercase get that free month enjoy it it's a service that i really can personally endorse next time on beautiful anonymous i feel like i was i was living a lie to some degree wow that's not easy so are you effectively still living within the Mormon community, knowing that... Oh, yeah. I'm doing everything that somebody that would believe 100% is doing. And you're doing this for the sake of your family, I would imagine? Yeah, so my wife essentially told me that uh, if I were not a uh, Mormon, if I did not continue living as a Mormon, that she would, like, essentially leave me. 
Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. Next time on Beautiful Anonymous. Hey, quick, don't turn the podcast off. I know you probably left it on by accident, but I'm Arnie Niekamp from Hello from the Magic Tavern. This is what's going on. About a year ago, I fell through a dimensional portal behind a Burger King into the fantastical land of Foon. I'm joined by my co-host, a talking badger. Mmm, chunt, please. And a magical wizard. I am Usador, blue wizard of the 12th realm of Ephesius. His name goes on a lot longer than that, but we don't have time for it. We interview adventurers, magical creatures, talking animals, and we talk about buttholes a lot. I apologize (laughs) for that. If that sounds interesting, download Hello from the Magic Tavern. Aye, and then you can join me in my quest to defeat the Dark Lord. Correct, Arnold? Correct. Download it on Earwolf, and the entire back catalog is also on the Howl app. This has been an Earwolf production. Executive produced by Scott Ackerman, Adam Sachs, and Chris Bannon. For more information and content, visit Earwolf.com. Earwolf.